We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, May 3rd, following a crazy ride of a uh, 20, of a weekend here with the 2022 NFL Draft um, happening in Las Vegas this past weekend. You know, the Chicago Bears, we had a live stream on this. Um, I believe it was on Friday night, you said, going over after their day two selections in the draft. Um, let's just say that it was a very emotional weekend, I would say, for a lot of us Bears fans here as we got to see Ryan Poles put together his first draft class here as a general manager of the Chicago Bears. There was a ton, I think, to take away here and a ton for us to discuss today as we go over this draft class and do our official grades for this draft class. But before we get into this, to that, uh, you said, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, obviously, I think a lot to break down. First time the Bears had, I think, more than 10 picks in the NFL draft dating back to the 2008 NFL draft, which was obviously three general managers ago. That was the Jerry Angelo era. So certainly, I think a lot going on. There's going to be a lot to break down. But yeah, I'm excited to get into all of it. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Um, there are a lot of positives, I think, for this draft class when looking at it here. Um, and also some negatives, too, which we'll get into. I'm sure anyone that heard our live stream over the weekend knows that um, I, I think neither of us were very high on the first day, you know, the second day of the draft for the Bears, which I guess was technically the first day for them since they did not have a first round pick. But you know what you said? Let's, you know, not belabor the point too much here let's just get into this thing and go over this draft pick by pick here going over the strategy the bears had and let's start in the second round as the bears they had two second round picks in this draft they had one originally uh, with no first round pick of course because of the justin fields trade last year so going into this year we knew that they needed to add some more draft capital 
they traded away Cleo Mack at the beginning of the offseason to get a second round pick from the Los Angeles Chargers, which was uh, pick 48 in this draft. So going into this draft without first round pick, but two second round picks, not a terrible way to start things off here. Certainly there was a lot of talk, I think, for many Bears fans, including myself, about addressing the offense with these two second round picks here early in this draft. Uh, with all the wide receiver talent in the straps and especially the all-line talent in the straps as well. Um, and the board started to shake out a little bit. There were some wide receivers available to the Bears at both of these selections. And instead, they decided to go defense here. Uh, with the 39th pick, they decided to draft quarterback Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Uh, Kyler Gordon was a very interesting prospect for me uh, coming out of this draft. You know, I did not have him as one of my top five corners, but he was like right on the edge there for me, you said. You know, a player that I liked quite a bit, it uh, quite a bit in the pre-draft process. Um, so, before I get my full thoughts on this pick, you said, what were your thoughts on the Kyler Gordon uh, pick here, and you know, how do you think he's going to fit here with the Chicago Bears in this defense? Well, yeah, he's going to be lining up opposite Jalen Johnson, but I think there's something certainly to be said here is that when we kind of looked at the Bears draft class in general and the needs you know one of the big things that we came away with this offseason was just the fact that the team needed another cornerback you couldn't really ever see them going into the offseason with Thomas Graham Jr. as a legitimate surefire starter obviously the last couple seasons have shown us Kendall Wilder Duke Shelley don't necessarily have it so it just makes more sense to go out draft cornerback especially in a pass happy league I think what the Bears are getting in Kyler Gordon is a really smart instinctive player a player that is just ultimately from start to finish you know a really long lengthy corner he's got some size to him and I think he's got really good ball skills too so it's interesting because I think the day after the draft, I listed some of my predictions and I think that Kyler Gordon is going to be a player that's going to have a breakout year in 2022 and kind of relatively quickly become an impact player for the bears. Yeah. I think anyone that knows me and has followed me um, following this draft knows that I was not a big fan of taking defense early in the draft. With that said, I had very, very few complaints about Kyler Gordon and the selection here, because I do think, like you said, cornerback was a huge need for the Bears this offseason. If they were going to make a defensive pick early in the draft, I think this was the one to do it. Addressing a player like Kyle Gordon here at cornerback, who has a ton of upside and a ton of athletic traits to build around here. This guy is a very, very good athlete for the position. I believe his relative athletic score was over nine. Um, I know he didn't run the fastest 40 in the world, but he has every other athletic trait you need in the book. And this guy plays tough. He plays physical. Um, he's got inside outside versatility here. Um, so there's just, in my opinion, looking at this pick in a vacuum here, I, I think there are a ton of positives here. I gave this pick a B plus grade. You said, what's your grade for the Calgary Gordon pick? Yeah, I gave it a high B as well, just because I think, again, it's like you mentioned. I mean, picking cornerback should not have been atop the Bears list because Ryan Pohl simply can't come out and say, okay, well, there." and I think the same goes for Matt Eberflus because this was one of those drafts where they just valued value over anything else. That's right. They valued value, okay? And, you know, the reality is that you can't come out and say, oh, well, we didn't necessarily like well, you can't come out and say or imply we didn't like what we saw from the wide receiver position in terms of what was available. So we're going to take a complete 180 and take a cornerback when what happened three or four picks later, you had Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, and I believe it was George Pickens who went right afterwards. And again, you get the wide receivers in this class. I mean, guess what? 
the selection of those three names I just mentioned, coupled with the selection of Tyquan Thornton, as well as Christian Watson, those were all players that a lot of people had projected going in the second round. Anyway, same with John Mechie. The only one in round two in terms of wide receivers that a team did not get the most bank for their buck was the New York Giants who took Wandell Robinson out of Kentucky. Other than that, though, the receivers that were expected to be available in the second round were available in the second round. And so I know some Bears fans who are overly supportive of Ryan Poles are going to come at me and say, yeah, well, you know, you're being really harsh. Like I said, cornerback's great because you filled a need in a pass-happy league. But at the end of the day, cornerback should not have been your first choice, especially with a guy like Alec Pierce or Sky Moore or even George Pickens on the roster. You know, and I wanted of the names just mentioned, right? I wanted either Moore or Pickens. I was not that high on Pierce, but you know, you need wide receivers to build around your quarterback in a pass happy league. And this is why when people around the NFL and the national media say, well, the bears haven't done enough to build around Justin Fields. It's because they're seeing this exact same thing in terms of where are the wide receivers, you know, how about the offensive line? Cool, you brought in Lucas Patrick. There's not really any blue chip players, though. You need playmakers for your quarterback, okay? Your offensive linemen are not playmakers, and this team has a pretty good skill position group right now with Mooney, Komet, Montgomery, a couple other guys, but it's not great by any means. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on the wide receiver point, and I think this gets this turns into an interesting discussion when we get to pick 48 here because um, – you know, I feel like this is a very polarizing pick here for the Bears in terms of, at least in my opinion, look at who the Bears selected at 48. They selected safety Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Now, I'm a huge fan of Jaquan, Bris- Jaquan Brisker. Um, was a big fan of his game at Penn State. Um, I, I think he's going to be an immediate starter for the Bears coming up here at that safety position. He was, he was in both of our top fives for safety in this class. So I think both of us can agree that we like Jaquan Brisker the player. I think it was sound value here in the second round as it was for Kyler Gordon at pick 39 here. But I, I think it is an interesting discussion you bring up here when you look at all the wide receivers that were on the board here. And, you know, the Bears can say they didn't like any of the wide receivers here. Well, you know, I, I then the, the question becomes, you know, okay, how are you evaluating these wide receivers then? Because most of the NFL had these guys valued here. And you, instead, mm-hmm. you're going with the defensive player here. And look at all the wide receivers available. Right after the Bears pick, you know, Ty- Tyquan Thornton went to, uh, you know, the New England Patriots out of Baylor. You know, some could see that as a bit of a reach. Tyquan Thornton was kind of a late riser, but, you know, he's a, he's a speed threat out of Baylor. Um, certainly was seen as someone that was going to go on day two of the straps. I think from conversation that, that I have had with a lot of other NFL draft Twitter people, um, George Pickens, YRCR of Georgia, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 52. He was right there. Then you have a run on these guys here. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati going to the Indianapolis Colts at 53. Uh, the Chiefs snagging Sky Moore out of Western Michigan at pick 54. So all these wide receivers flying off the board after pick 48. Um, and the Bears, for whatever reason, you know, they did not value those guys the same as he did a Jaquan Brisker. So the question becomes, did the Bears just go with a best player available approach? Or do they have the approach of, we have a defensive by the head coach. He wants to establish his defense first. So this is the best defensive player on the board. He feels the need for us in the secondary. Let's build out this secondary and get him a safety to work with here. I tend to think based off of some of the picks that we saw later on in the draft, which we'll get to that it was the latter. Whereas 
you know, the Bears, they have a defensive-minded coach in Matt Eberflus. He wants to build his defense first here, it seems like. You look at all the investments the Bears have made in free agency, you'll notice one common theme is that they've been willing to invest quite heavily on the defensive side of the ball and not on the offensive side of the ball this offseason. I think that's what came into fruition here um, at pick 48. I think they saw Brisker. They saw him as a guy that could complete their secondary right now. You know, you have Jalen Johnson at one cornerback spot. You have Kyler Gordon, who you just drafted to play the other cornerback spot. You got Tavon Young in the slot there. Maybe Thomas Graham is a guy that they like as a guy that can compete in the slot as well. You got Eddie Jackson at that safety position. Well, what's the one spot in the starting lineup that needs to be filled? That other safety spot. So they go with Jaquan Brisker. Now, again, Brisker is a good player. I think he's going to fit the scheme really well. Um, He's a very good athlete. Again, he's another guy with a a relative athletic score over nine. These Penn State athletes, uh, football players, test really, really damn well at their pro days and, and NFL combines. You know, that's a given for these guys. But Brisker's an instinctive football player as well. He's a good football player. I don't want to, you know, undersell that point I think he's going to be a starter right right away and I think he could be a very good starter down the line for this defense but it is frustrating because you know what's the number one goal of this offseason for the Bears or what should have been the number one goal the number one goal in my opinion at least should have been to support Justin Fields and get him as much help as possible now I'm not saying you have to go on a huge spending spree or you know trade up in the draft and make these ridiculous moves to get guys and reach on guys I'm not saying that but the value here was there for wide receiver and said the bears went in a different directions here. So you say it, I'll, I'll kind of kick this off to you. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Jacon Brisker pick and how would you grade this pick as a whole, given the context of everything I just kind of mentioned there? Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of hit on everything. I just think it's a polarizing pick in general, because again, I understand the bears wanting to build their defense from back to front and this whole notion and concept that, you know, secondary is essentially the new pass rush in the NFL was such a pass happy league. So you have to have really good defensive back play at every single position to even have a good secondary, the days of, you know, a really good cornerback and then just, you know, an okay safety are certainly gone. But I think, you know, what has to be said is this, is that, and I said this all off season is just the fact that Matty Rufus's track record coaching of DBs means that a player like a Dane Crookshank could have been a legitimate starter for the Bears and possibly even broken out and earned a long-term deal next year. And the fact that, you know, this Jaquan Brisker pick, I think it was more of a luxury pick than it was actually a pick of, hey, let's go ahead and fill a need because safety was clearly not a top of anyone's draft board going into the offseason for the Bears. It was just one of those where, all right, cool. A player who some mocks had slotted as a top, you know, pick in the first round, kind of lower end of the first round. Jaquan Brisker slipped out of round two, now ultimately is on Matt Eberflus's defense and with the Bears. And, you know, when you look at Brisker overall as a prospect, you're getting an incredibly fast, rangy, physical safety that can play in the box, that can play on the line of scrimmage. He's also really solid in coverage. I think, you know, he's a really good athlete too and just been really durable. So, and by the way, I talked to one of his coaches at the Juco, at the Juco level and one of the coaches straight up said, hey, listen, you know, he's just always a pleasure and joy to be around someone that's going to be a leader moving forward so this is one of those where okay cool you know in round two just to finish it out I mean I understand the Bears got their guys and have overhauled the secondary but then again it's like at what cost well you did at the cost of helping get some premium talent to help your offense specifically wide receiver 
Yeah, it's difficult for me to grade this pick. Um, ultimately, I think I'm going to give this pick a B minus because, um, you know, I can't completely shred it because I do think Jaquan Brisker is a good player. I think he's going to start immediately for this Bears defense and make an impact. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I think he's a very good fit for Eberflus and what he wants to do with this defense. I'm not discounting that at all. It's just, for me, though, the reason why this isn't higher um because I, I do think brisker it, as a prospect you can kind of put him in the same tier as Kyler gordon where these guys are kind of seen as like a slam dunk they're going to be quality players at the next level in the nfl and i totally believe that by the way i think brisker is going to be a very good player for the bears bears here which is why I, I give this a positive grade um but for me it comes down to look at the other options available you know the bears they needed to get more capital draft capital at this point in the draft um because they hadn't made any trade downs to this point you know, what would you prefer? Do you, would you prefer they go with the safety and Jaquan Brisker or, you know, one of these wide receivers or maybe trading down to get like an additional fourth round pick where there was a ton of talent that we saw go off the board in the fourth round that I think they could have gotten an additional starter there uh, had they decided to make that decision to trade down to get into the fourth round. So, you know, it, it was just, I, I, from a process standpoint, I, I just was not a fan of this. I, they may think Brisker was a top available player on the board. I disagreed. Again, I thought some of these wide receivers, I had them rated just around Brisker. So that's why I'm kind of frustrated with it is that, you know, you invested so much in defense and free agency. Well, I, should, I shouldn't say they invested so much, but they were clearly gearing this team in free agency to where they were willing to invest more in defense in free agency. So, I, you know, it came with the assumption that, okay, you invested all this resource, all these resources on defense and free agency. Now let's focus on building up this offense in the draft. And they just did not do this here in the second round pick. And so they doubled down on defense and, you know, they're building, in my opinion, the wrong side of the ball first. All right. In my opinion, you should be building the, the offensive side of the ball first and then filling in the defense. Once you've established that identity on offense and need to make that next push to being a competitive, competitive team, um, in the playoffs and, and competing for Super Bowls, that's when you go all in on building that defense up because you have the offense established. And I think they're taking this the opposite direction. They're trying to build that defense first and then figure out the offense later. And I'm just with Justin Fields going into a critical second year, that, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, in terms of helping Justin Fields and getting him some weapons here, the Bears did actually make a pick for a wide receiver in, on day two here. 
unfortunately, this happened to be one of the biggest reaches in the draft for any team on day two of the draft here. As the Bears in the third round at pick 71 uh, selected wide receiver Vils Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. And this is another polarizing pick where I feel like Bears fans are either going to be completely on board here or they're going to be like me and just absolutely just not be a fan of this pick. And I'm not a fan of this pick here. I think those that listen to my thoughts on Vils Jones during the live stream could uh, attest to that. Um, you know, Jones, let's look at the positives here. I mean, Vils Jones, he's an extremely fast and athletic wide receiver. I ran a 4-3, uh, 40 at the NFL scouting combine. Um, I know his agility scores weren't quite the greatest, but I mean, this guy's got a big compact frame at about six feet, uh, 204 pounds. Uh, he's very, very good after the catch. Again, he's got that speed to where if you do scheme him open down the field, he can take the top off of a defense, depending on how you scheme him up. Um, but there's a reason why it's considered a reach here, I think, at this point in the draft. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you look at his background, you know, Village Jones Jr. has been a kickoff returner or punt return specialist for his entire career in college and didn't break out as a wide receiver until his sixth year in college. <laughs> Let's put that into perspective here. This guy was in college for six years and he didn't have a single productive receipt. Uh, season as a receiver until year six when he was 24 years old going up against a, a bunch of 19 and 20 year olds basically um were his competition basically that's what he was going up against you know he's a, he's a grown-ass man basically going up against a, a bunch of developing kids is what is essentially was going on here and that's the year that he breaks out so if you don't think there are concerns and question marks here there are concerns that you know Vilas jones it might be a little bit of fool's gold here going after a guy who's had such a late breakout for uh, his career in college as a receiver. Now, as a returner, I think he can return a lot of value here. But you said, you know, what are your thoughts here on Vilas Jones? And then, you know, how would you grade this here? Because I, I'm i going to have a lower grade on this one just to spoil that right off the bat here because I was not a fan of this pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it a C-. And the reason being is because there were more talented wide receivers like a David Bell or a Danny Gray that were actually on the board. And by the way, I think there's only four or five wide receivers that went in round three, which just, again, goes to show that for this NFL draft, the value for wide receivers was pretty much in the first and second round. And that was it. Because I think there was a total of like 14 that went in the first two rounds. It might have even been more. But the value for this draft, receivers was at the very top. So when you look at this pick, it's like I understand that people are kind of justifying this pick and backing up Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and saying, well, this is a guy Justin Fields wanted. Well, this is also a guy that has Debo Samuel-like traits according to some people in the national media. But there's something to be said, is that just because one person views a player one way does not mean that you should view a specific player and prospect that specific way too. You know, I think with Vila Schoen Jr., people have to understand is that the Bears drafted him because they view him to be an ideal fit in Luke Getze's offense. They view him as kind of playing that Debo Samuel type role, being a yards after the catch monster, being a player who gets the ball in space, and then boom, takes off. But there's a problem here, is that he does not have the breakaway speed that Debo Samuel has, number one. And then number two, uh, yeah, he stayed healthy, but then also at the end of the day, it's just like he's extremely limited because he does not have an incredibly expansive route tree. You know, you look at some of the routes he was running and even those were very selective. So this is one of those picks where, you know, 
it's okay, cool. Justin Fields gave Ryan Poles input on it, and that's why a lot of fans are behind it because a lot of fans are behind Justin Fields. But at the end of the day, understand something is that Justin still has a long way to go in terms of identifying NFL talent and that, you know what, at the end of the day, cool. You got his input, but he's not going to be the one making final decisions, number one. And number two, Velas Jones should not have been high on the Bears board. It should have been someone like a David Bell. And I'm not saying that because I advocated for David Bell and thought he would be a perfect fit for the Bears. I'm saying that because, you know, again, this is the same regime that one round prior pretty much went ahead and passed on three wide receivers in favor of another defensive back which again could come back to haunt the Bears. Because if these guys like Pierce, Alex, I'm sorry, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, George Pickens go on to become really solid starters, and Jaquan Brisker is just, you know, a good starter, but he's not great by any means, there's going to be a hell of a lot of questions, and Ryan Poles is going to be the first to have to answer. Yeah, you mentioned some wide receivers that were available. I thought there was a ton of uh, talent available here for the Bears that they could have gone with here. That would have been a much better direction. Um, in my opinion, um, just looking at the wide receivers here, I mean, I had, you talk about David Bell here, again, a guy I wasn't as high on as many others, but I mean, some other wide receivers that were available, uh, Jalen Tolbert was still on the board here, he went to the Dallas Cowboys a little bit later on, uh, Danny Gray, I thought he was a better prospect as wide receiver than Vils Jones Jr., he was on the board here, he went later in the third round to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, which I think that's going to be a, a fantastic pick. Uh, for them. Uh, Calvin Austin, who I kind of felt it was a similar prospect to Vilas Jones, except I think Calvin Austin, despite his size questions, was still a better player than Vilas Jones is. Now, Vilas Jones, you know, clearly the Bears, Luke Getzky, the offensive coordinator here, has a role for what he wants to do uh, with Vilas Jones. I don't think he's just going to be, at least early on, just a special teams guy. But if it turns out if this turns into a situation where Vilas Jones, again, he's 25, going to be 25 years old start at the start of this season. You know, he's only got one year of production as a receiver. He's still very raw in terms of putting together a full route tree. They're going to put him into a specific role, I think, to try to maximize him here. And, you know, if Getsy is as good as an offensive coordinator that I think he could be, and again, I, he's still very improving as an offensive mind here coming from the Green Bay Packers. So there are some questions about Getze and his offense and what his offense is going to bring to the table here, even though I have some, a pretty good idea of what it's going to be. You know, I, I, I just don't know here. It, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Ultimately I gave this pick a D plus. I think this is one of the biggest reaches uh, in this draft here. It's the biggest reach for the bears. Certainly in this draft, I had Vilas Jones rated as a fifth round pick um personally i think if they would have gotten him on day three at some point i would have been totally fine with it uh because i see his value as a return man i see the explosiveness he can bring on offense both after the catch and occasionally getting schemed open down the field but i don't think he's got i I just don't think he's going to be a well-rounded enough receiver to justify this pick here and ultimately i I think it's going to end up being a situation where he is just long-term a gadget guy for this team and a return specialist. And I just don't think that's great value uh, here in the third round when I mean, you had some better wide receivers available, in my opinion, and then some other positions on the offensive line, like Bernard Raymond was still on the board here. Um, a fascinating left tackle pros- prospect. Um, 
Dylan Parham was still here out of Memphis, an interior offensive line prospect. That was pretty good. Zach Tom was still available. He went in the fourth round to the Green Bay Packers. I thought Zach Tom was going to go earlier, like in the late second, early third round. He was available here. I thought he would have been a great fit uh, for uh, this offense. And, you know, it's it's just frustrating because there were better players on the board. And I feel like the Bears, they, they kind of reach for a need here. They kind of did the opposite of what I think people are saying they did in this draft, which a lot of people are saying they went, best player available. There's a lot of Bears fans willing to give polls slack, but if you're going to convince me that uh, Villas Jones was the best player available here, I I think you have to question their evaluation process uh, for this draft. So that brings us on to day three of this draft now as we get into uh, where things got really exciting for the Bears here, in my opinion at least, uh, very interesting because this is where uh, the Bears really decided to get active in terms of trading down and um, accumulating draft picks. You know, the first trade they made was trading a future six-round pick that they got from the Los Angeles Chargers in that Cleo Mack trade. They sent it back to the Chargers in exchange for uh, two seventh-round picks near the end of the draft at 254 and 255. Mm -hmm. Um, They traded back a couple of times in the fifth round, and by the end of it, they ended up going from, ended up what was three picks originally on day three of this draft. Uh, They ended up with... Let me think here. Eight draft picks here on day three of the draft. And that is, I mean, that is very good work by Ryan Poles here. For all the flack that I gave him for day two, I thought he had a very solid uh, day three of this draft here, accumulating draft picks and adding some talent here. So let's get into the picks for day three because I thought this is where Ryan Poles really shine. Let's start with their uh, first fifth round selection. They had two of these. Uh, Braxton Jones off of the tackle out of Southern Utah. You know, we talked about all offseason, the Bears, Ryan Poles, wanting to address the offensive tackle, the offensive line position. And this was his first offensive line move here in the draft. You say, what are your thoughts here on Braxton Jones from Southern Utah in the fifth round? Yeah, I mean, he's a player who I think might actually be better suited to play guard at the next level. I do think that he has the size as well as the strength and the length, too. I think he's got like 34-inch arms to be able to play tackle. But then again, you know, coming from a somewhat smaller school, I think, yes, Southern Utah is an FCS school. So it's one of those picks where, okay, cool, you know, low-risk, high-reward. And I think that low-risk, high-reward was just really the theme for this team throughout the entire basically day three of the draft so you know Jones is a player where uh, I'm not going to say he has a legitimate shot to start just because there is a bit of a log jam at the tackle spot I mean the Bears are going to figure out what needs to happen with Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins where their more natural fits are but I do think if Braxton Jones ends up becoming a solid depth piece then you could consider it a successful pick because I think there's enough upside there to work with just in terms of him even becoming an above average starter yeah I mean Braxton Jones he's a player that was always high uh, for me as a day three project tackle uh, in this draft class I mean one of the reasons I like him a lot is uh, just because I think the movement skills that he has for his size are, are very impressive I thought he was very good in pass protection this year not as great in a, as a run blocker I think, but I think he has the movement skills in the zone-based offense where there are some things to build off of here. And I think it was very interesting uh, watching Ryan Poles here as he addressed, I think, um, getting more athleticism and addressing that here with his draft picks. I think that was one of the more impressive things, I think, from Ryan Poles is uh, he's got guys with intriguing physical traits and he brought them in here. And I think the goal here is that the coaching staff can coach these guys up 
and get the most out of them. And Braxton Jones, he's got some intriguing traits, man. He's got 36-inch arms, which is extremely long, especially for an offensive lineman, but a tackle, I mean, that's like pitch perfect, like arm length for a tackle. Like the threshold for most of these guys is 33 inches too. So to be on the that extreme end of having 36 arms, I mean, that is very helpful for offensive tackles. Um, you know, Braxton Jones, he's already showed some flashes as a pass protector with that arm length. I think uh, if you can maximize that as, as an offensive line coach, um, I mean, this, the sky's the limit in terms of what this guy can be. Now, long-term, um, well, I should say the short-term, I think Braxton Jones uh, is probably going to be competing for a swing tackle spot. Um, I don't know if the Braves are going to bring, are going to bring anybody else to compete at that left tackle position. Uh, they got Larry Borm there slated in to be the starter right now. So maybe Braxton Jones comes in and competes with Larry Borm to be the starter. Uh, two fifth round picks going at it for that left tackle position. I think Braxton Jones will be best off, you know, with a year or two to develop here and to be kind of that swing tackle guy um, while he works on the rest of his technique and fills out his frame a little bit. But um, there is a ton of upside here and it would surprise me by year three or year four, that Braxton Jones is establishing himself as, if not a starter, a high-end swing tackle guy that the Bears can throw in there and be comfortable with playing for um, a short amount of time or, or a significant amount of time uh, throughout the course of the season because this guy does have some traits, and I'm excited to see what the coaching staff can do with him. For this uh, grade on this pick, I give this an A-. minus. Again, you have to uh, consider the process of trading down here in the fifth round and accumulating draft picks. And Braxton Jones, I had an early day three grade on him. Um, I thought it was possible that he could sneak into day two. Uh, he did not actually. He falls right here to the Bears at pick 168. And I think they got a steal here, uh, you say. I, I think Braxton Jones is going to be a pretty solid player for them. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be the next long-term left tackle uh, for the next 10 years or so. I think that would be way too hyperbolic. But there are some intriguing traits here. And I'm excited to see uh, what he brings to the table. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, moving on to the next fifth round pick here for the Bears in this draft. Uh, let's go to their next selection, edge player Dominic Robinson of Miami, Ohio, in the fifth round at pick 174. Uh, this is a pick that the Bears traded down to once again. Um, and, you know, Robinson, another intriguing player here for Ryan Poles, another guy that I think has a ton of athleticism to work with. Um, and somebody that, again, fits that mold, what Poles is looking for here in terms of getting guys with physical traits and bringing them in here for this coaching staff. So you said, what were your thoughts on this pick here of Robinson in the fifth round? 
Yeah, well, he's a player that I think can play as a stand-up pass rusher in a 3-4 or with his hand in the dirt in a 4-3. You look at just what he did in college in terms of playing wide receiver, signing on with Miami of Ohio as a wide receiver, but now ultimately he's going ahead and he is playing um, edge rusher at the next level. I know that he didn't see a lot of time as a starter, but I think what um, matters more than anything regarding – Dominique Robinson is that he can fit any scheme so there's a lot of upside to really work with there I would say this is a player who just is a good project player because he is continuing to grow into the edge rusher position yeah look Robinson was a former wide receiver I believe so he's transitioning from a wide receiver to an edge player so he kind of is in between that stage of having a build to be a wide receiver and putting on weight to be an edge rusher right now so you look at the physical traits that he does have, though, I think there is a lot to like about the upside here. You know, six foot five, 253 pounds, 33 inch arms. Certainly he's filled out his frame quite a bit here. You know, he ran a 472 40 yard dash at the NFL scouting combine, had a 41 inch vertical. So this guy is fast. He's explosive. He's got pretty good size. He plays, I think, with, you know, pretty dang good effort as well. Um, he just never quite put it all together, I think, in college. And you're kind of projecting him to be a guy that puts it all together in the NFL with better coaching, hopefully, and more time to focus on just being a true three-down edge rusher here. Now, again, edge is not an immediate need for the Bears here, but in the fifth round, you're not necessarily drafting for need. You're, dress, you're drafting for guys that you think have some upside to work with here or guys that can contribute right away on special teams. And I think Robinson fits – uh, the former here is a guy that has a ton of upside to build with here. You know, Robert Quinn, he's not going to be here long-term as an edge rusher. Travis Gibson, um, he's a former fifth-round pick of this team and, you know, certainly had, you know, a pretty good year last year in his second season. And then they also signed Al-Kadeem Muhammad um, in free agency this year. So they have a pretty solid edge group here. Uh, Jer- Jeremiah Atsuachu is still on the roster as well, but you can never have too many talented pass rushers, in my opinion. And Robinson, um, he has a ton of upside. I think he, you know, he he won't, he probably won't be a contributor on day one or maybe, you know, going for the first year or so of his career here. But I think uh, there is a ton to like about what he could be with hopefully some time to develop. So I gave this pick a B. I think it's a nice play at upside here. And, you know, Robinson could certainly it wouldn't surprise me at all if we're talking about Robinson being a steal for this team in two or three years. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a long-term starter, but as maybe he can develop into a, a situational pass rusher here off the edge, because he's got very good speed. Um, he's, he's shown some ability to bend around the edge and um, show some counters here as well. So if the coaching staff can really coach this guy up, uh, this could be a nice hit here for uh, the bears in the fifth round. Now, with those two fifth-round picks, again, I mentioned it before, they traded down, I think, three times total in the fifth round. So with those trades, they ended up accumulating, you know, starting with one sixth-round pick, they ended up with three sixth-round picks. So getting into those picks here, um, you know, the, I, I thought it was very interesting uh, pull strategy on day three here because he ended up drafting four different offensive linemen here on day three, and one of those guys was at pick 186 in the sixth-round uh, offensive lineman Zachary Thomas of San Diego State. Um, another player where again I think he has the athletic tools you're looking for he had nearly a nine uh, relative athletic score um, with his testing profile here you know he kind of fits I think 
uh, the mold of what this offense is looking for in terms of getting more athletic up front, guys that can get on the move and block a little bit. You know, he planned a very run-oriented offense at San Diego State. You know, I didn't have the chance to watch a ton of Zachary Thomas film in the pre-draft process, but after I, you know, saw this pick and had a chance to go back and watch, the more I liked the Thomas here um, from what I saw of his tape. He played left tackle for San Diego State. I think he plays guard for the Bears here. Again, it's a six-round pick, not a ton of high expectations. Uh, what are your expectations for Thomas here, you said? Yeah, I would definitely say he's just going to be another depth piece. I mean, you look at his measurables overall, and again, I don't necessarily think that they blow you away by any means because Arkell is six foot five, three oh, he's got the 33 inch arms. You know, he can play both tackle and guard, so there is some versatility. But I would just say this that you know, Thomas being more so of a run blocking first prospect compared to a pass blocking first OL, I think that that's really going to make a big difference for him. I think he has to get a bit more solid in pass protection because there are times where you know he'll be there'll be a pass structure that just kind of goes ahead and dips around the edge and then all of a sudden you know um thomas is getting knocked on his feet there's also times that he opens up his chest a bit too much which allows pass rushers to get their hands in there and kind of expose that and take advantage of him but you know ultimately with him i just think something where he's got a long way to go but can be a solid depth piece and i could even see him playing a swing guard or tackle Yeah, and I don't think that would be a bad thing whatsoever if, if he were to develop into one of those things. Again, I think he's a better fit at guard just based off of, you know, I don't think he's the greatest pass protector right now, but you look at what he brings in the run game. He's very athletic. He can get on the move, and I think he showed some nice nastiness um, that I think the coaching staff will really like, and I, I think that pulls real life in his evaluation of Zachary Thomas here. So I gave this pick a B-. minus. Um, again, will he become something? I don't know. It's very possible that he may just be a death piece here, like you said. Um, but you can never, I think, take too many shots on the offensive line on day three. And I think that proved out here for the Bears here as we have two more offensive line picks to talk about. But first, we have our second six-round selection here in this uh, year with uh, Tristan Ebner running back out of Baylor at pick 203. Uh, this was interesting, you said, because, you know, I, running back is obviously not a huge need for the Bears right now, but, you know, David Montgomery going to the final year of his contract, um, it's, we don't know whether the Bears will actually re-sign David Montgomery at this point in time. It's, it's usually pretty wise not to uh, invest a ton of money at the running back position. So it's possible this might be the last year David Montgomery plays in a Bears uniform. So getting more running back depth, especially on day three, is not a bad thing. Now, Ebner, he's a very fascinating prospect. He's more of a receiving back than he is a traditional running back. Um, a very natural receiver out of the backfield, in my opinion. He has the ability to split out wide at times and run some routes as a traditional receiver. Again, not a true mismatch weapon by any means. He's a six-round pick for a reason, but he does have that skill set to his game. And he does have some explosiveness as well and some special teams ability. Um, you know, what were your thoughts with Tristan Ebdener here um, when they made this, made this selection? Listen, he was an all-state prep receiver back in high school. He's played wide receiver, quarterback, also played defensive line and linebackers so that basically I think makes him a Swiss army knife I think that you know he's a pretty solid route runner he is going to have some opportunity for growth he's still kind of learning just who he is as a player but that versatility is great because he can be like a Tony Pollard as I said a moment ago he's a Swiss army knife so this is one of those where you know 
you're getting someone who I think fits what Luke Getze wants to do on the offensive side of the ball, but you're also getting somebody that has played in multiple positions and could really be a legitimate mismatch weapon. Now, with that said, I mean, he's not elusive or not as fast as a guy like a Tariq Cohen, who's kind of that mismatch weapon for so many years. Yeah, I don't know if Ebner's going to be that true Tariq Cohen replacement as that you know shifty scat back out of the backfield. I don't think he has quite that profile. But the Bears did need to get another receiving back here. I think David Montgomery is kind of your three-down uh, workhorse. Cool Herbert is a very nice change of pace back um, in the outside zone run scheme there. After those two guys, I mean, they have, they brought in Darrington Evans uh, from the Tennessee Titans um, off of waivers. And he's kind of fits that explosive profile as well. But they didn't really have that true receiving third down back. And if Abner can prove to be that, I think that would be very good value here in the sixth round. I get this pick a B-. It's really hard to um, – not like this pick. I think there is some decent upside there with Abner against a running back. So these guys typically do translate pretty well. He's got some explosiveness. So uh, we'll see how this works out here. But I like the pick here. I think it was a nice start throughout the running back position. Um, I have no problem taking these guys late on day three. Uh, and then when you get to the seventh round here, oh, we still have one sixth round pick left. But, you know, the Bears had two straight uh, offensive line picks here late in the sixth round and early in the seventh round. Um, we look at Interior offensive lineman Doug Kramer in the sixth round at pick 207 out of Illinois. And then the seventh round at pick 226, interior offensive lineman Chatiri uh, Carter out of Southern University. So I, I'm just going to package these guys together because I kind of think they feel the same thing here, you said. Uh, both these guys, interior offensive lineman with some athletic upside. Kramer, I, I think a lot of Bears fans that you know are, are fans of Illinois I uh, will know this guy very well. He's been a center at Illinois for a very long time, a very experienced player. Um, I think he fits very well in that outside zone run scheme that they want to run here. Um, you know, Kramer, again, six-round draft pick. Uh, he's got a nice athletic profile, but he's undersized. He's got short, stubby arms. He's not the greatest in pass protection, but you're just hoping here that he just gives you solid depth, I think, at this point in the draft, and hopefully can be an upgrade over Sam Mustafer to be your back. Uh, to be your backup center again doesn't provide the most doesn't provide the greatest positional value I will say and then Tyree Carter uh, he played at the senior bowl I, I think he played some tackle in college but he's probably a better fit at guard at the next level again solid athlete I think he's kind of an opposite to Kramer as in the fact that he's I think he's his best trait is his pass protection ability not um, known for his run blocking but he's not terrible there either so two different dart throws here on the offensive line that I gave this a C plus and a C respectively. I mean, yeah, you look at both of these picks, you know, Kramer, Jatiri, Carter, I will say that Kramer, definitely there is some upside to work with there. There, I think is some limited upside and, you know, we'll have an interview with the, one of the guys who covered him extensively at the University of Illinois coming out later this week. And then you get Jatiri Carter, another, I think, just a really low risk, high reward guy. You know, Carter, I believe, was another player that was at the senior bowl. I don't think he blew anyone away by any means, but he's still got a long way to go. He's a halfback, you know, HBCU prospect right here. So it's cool to see one of those guys getting drafted. I think it's been nearly two decades since. One of them even got to the NFL draft, but um, you know, he's just one that I think overall has a lot of growing to do. And I could certainly see the bears moving him from, you know, tackle to just playing guard full time. Yeah. Again, I, I don't think there's, I, I don't have the highest expectations for these guys. They're dark throw late D three offensive line 
makes for a reason. But again, four offensive linemen here picked on day three of the draft. I think Ryan Poles, you look at his background, he was an offensive lineman uh, coming out of Boston College when he was a player. Uh, his assistant general manager, <clears throat> Ian Cunningham, he's an offensive lineman by trade as well. So two guys that know how to evaluate the position. I think the strategy they had here was, you know, we'll address other positions early. And then on day three, let's hopefully find some gems here and use our scouting ability to um, hopefully to its full effectiveness here and get some guys from these coaching staff to develop. Again, do I expect much out of Carter and Kramer? No, but you know, we'll see what happens. I, I think there is some upside here. I think Kramer, I think he could find a spot to stick here as an interior offensive lineman as a backup center. Carter as well, maybe he hangs around the practice squad, but those are my expectations right as of right now. And we'll see how those guys develop. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Now let's get to the final two picks of this draft here. You say it at picks 254 and 255. Near the end of the seventh round, the Bears going with safety Elijah Hicks out of California with that first pick. And then addressing punter here uh, with Trenton Gill out of North Carolina State. Uh, any takeaways from these two picks? I mean, they're, they're at the very end of the draft here. So for me, there's not a ton to take away. I didn't really watch. Obviously, I'm, I'm not going to watch a punter very much. But um, any thoughts here on any of these two prospects you said? Yeah, Elijah Hicks, I think, is a player that's physical and got really good ball skills. I think at worst, he's a gunner on special teams. Tool's biggest con contribution in 2022 is going to come on special teams. Uh, Trent Gill, I don't think the Bears should have even taken a punter in round seven. I thought that was kind of a dumb strategy because you could have gone ahead and, you know, it's like you brought in Ryan Winslow this offseason after moving on from Pat O'Donnell. It probably would have made more sense for you to go ahead and figure out the punter situation via undrafted free agency and use the 255th overall pick on, you know, another wide receiver, let's say, because again, they only came away with one wide receiver in this draft. Yeah. One interesting stat here, the bears picked as many wide receivers as they did punters in the strap. So I'll let our listeners um, make of that what they will. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a ton of picks here. I'm giving these picks C's. Um, overall, you know, again, I did not have the time to get to Elijah Hicks, but, you know, if he can be a special teams contributor, I think this is what it's all about. You know, if these guys can contribute on special teams, especially Trenton Gill as a punter, I mean, that's going to be his, his role here, obviously, as a punter uh, is to be on special teams. You know, those are, I think, what these picks are all about. And, you know, you, we kind of saw the Green Bay Packers last year. I mean, I, you can never have, um, you, know, you don't want to necessarily be terrible at special teams, I think, even in the NFL modern day NFL where special teams, I think is becoming less and less important um, as we move, as more teams get more aggressive on fourth down as the outlaw. Um, I mean, basically essentially outlaw the kickoff is what they're trying to do and get rid of that from the game. Um, special teams is not going to be what it was there as impactful as it was, you know, 10 years ago when Lovey Smith was the coach here and, you know, they were getting a ton of huge plays in special teams that changed the course of games um, year in, year out. I, I don't think that's the case here, but you want to be solid on that side of the ball. 
uh, on that aspect of the ball of the game as well. And I think those are what you're looking for here with these picks. These guys, you know, especially Gill and then Hicks, if they can contribute on special teams and, you know, contribute for a couple of years here, I think you're happy with that for Hicks and Gill. You know, we'll see. I, I think the only way to justify picking a punter in the draft is, is if he's a long-term punter for you going into the future here. Otherwise, like you kind of said, it's kind of a waste of a pick. But again, last pick of the draft essentially here, I'm not going to knock it too much here. So overall, um, let's get into grading this draft as a whole. You say it, I'll start with you. What was your grade for this draft class as a whole? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this draft class a B. I think when you look at the Bears overall, the reality of the situation is that, okay, cool, you hit on some needs, but a lot of other selections that you had were really highly questionable. And I think that, you know, we're either going to look back at this draft class as the one that got the Bears rebuild under Ryan Poles back on track, or we're going to look at it and say, yeah, Ryan Poles was a bit too patient traded up and down, I'm sorry, traded down way too many times and actually ended up hurting the Bears. Yeah, I, I, I think looking at this draft here, I gave this draft a B minus. I, I kind of go back and forth between B minus and C plus here because on one hand, I, I think the players that they got on day two of this draft in the second round, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, I mean, two day one immediate starters for you. I think that's in a vacuum, that's good work for you in the, in the second round there. And I'm not discounting that. That's why I gave both those picks grades in the Bs. Um, but I think the overall, you know, some of the other aspects I'm grading this by is not only just the picks themselves, but also the overall process and what it means for the bigger picture of this franchise. Now, in terms of the process, I think there was a lot to like here. Obviously, they didn't dr- trade down on day two of this draft, which is what I wanted to see happen or they could have gotten some pretty good value on some trades and getting more, hopefully more starters on early day three in the fourth round. Didn't quite do that, obviously, but, you know, I think playing that disciplined approach in the draft was very a very smart one by Ryan Poles, not trading up, not feeling the need to, um, you know, reach for guys too much outside of the Vils Jones pick, which was an egregious reach in my opinion, but, you know, staying true to, I think, Ryan Poles' board here, at least from what my understanding of it would be. But on day three, I love the process of, you know, trading down a bunch, collecting pick and taking as many swings as possible, especially in the offensive line. I know they still, I don't expect any of these offensive linemen who can, you know, compete right away or um, be contributors and being starters for them. Um, but certainly if one of their two of these guys can be a long-term piece for them as either a depth piece or maybe a low end average starter for this offensive line, um, I, I think you got to consider that when, again, you can never take too many swings at the offensive line position in the draft on day three. And that's what the, the Bears did here. And I like that strategy in general. So process-wise, there's a lot to like here from Ryan Poles. But I, I think the biggest knock for me here is that this draft just did not do enough to support really the only important, really the only important player here for the Bears franchise. And that's Justin Fields. Like he is the, not only is he the most important piece, but he is the important piece. Like if he doesn't work, none of this works here for this entire regime, quite frankly, at least for the short term. Um, and you're basically, if he doesn't work, you're starting all, all over again, basically. Um, so it made no sense for me. It made very little sense to go defense first approach here, even though I like the players that they got. Um, you know, I thought there were some wide receivers, some offensive line on the board that they could have addressed. Um, I think they could have traded down again in the second round to 
get some additional stars in the fourth round uh, to play that at wide receiver and offensive line. And I don't know, I'm just very underwhelmed at this offseason at what the Bears did on offense here. They went from an offense that was very bad last year. Obviously, I think it suffered a lot from coaching. But I think, you know, the Bears, I think what their plan is this offseason was to invest in the defense early on, you know, set a foundation on defense for Eberflus and his scheme and what he wants to bring here on that side of the ball. And then hope that with coaching, some coaching changes uh, with a new scheme that, you know, they can improve and you can see some growth from, uh, from Justin Fields here with this new offense under Luke Getze. Unfortunately, they're ignoring, I think the most important part of this is that, yes, I think a new coaching uh, staff and a new scheme is going to be helpful here for Justin Fields. I'm not discounting that, but you still need to have some talent here. You still need to add some players. Like you can be as good of an Exodus and O's coach as you can be like Kyle Shanahan. I think he's one of the two or three best offensive minds in the game, but he has some brutal seasons as an offensive coordinator in terms of uh, end of year rankings uh, for his offenses. And a lot of that's just due to the fact that he had some really terrible personnel for some of those offenses. I look back to his days in Cleveland, especially like he had some really bad offenses there. And a lot of that is due to the fact that those offenses were pretty much garbage offensively. They had bad quarterback play, obviously, but they didn't have the weapons. They didn't have, you know, quite as dominant of an offensive line. Like there were some issues with those offenses. It's just, it's just further proof that, yeah, you can be as great of an X's and those coaches you can be, but, Without the Jimmys and Joes, it's not always going to work. And um, I hope that the strategy works out because this offensive depth chart is not good whatsoever. You're basically relying on Darnold Mooney to uh, develop into a guy that he wasn't for them last year. I know he had a lot of yards because he was like the only guy the Bears were targeting, but I don't think he's a true number one. You're kind of hoping that he does develop into that guy. Um, you know, bring in Brian, Byron Pringle to be basically be your number two wide receiver, which he's never been in his career. You're hoping Cole Komet can take another step. You're hoping this offensive line can improve when you have added no talent to it. You've actually lost talent on this offensive line, you know, hardly enough to see. Um, but yeah, this, this offense is brutal right now. And I, I just feel like the, the, Justin Fields, his future here in Chicago is hanging on, I think, at the edge of a thread here because this could go really badly, I think, this year on the, the offensive side of the ball or we could see some progress here. And I hope it's the latter. I really do, but I think they needed to do more in this draft to uh, add some, add some talent to this offense. You know, all these bears fans, I I'm so sick of the backtracking here because all bears fans could talk about going to this draft was, Oh, the bears got to you know add all this talent offense. We got to get wide receivers. We got to get offensive linemen. You know, this is a deep class of offensive linemen, wide receivers. Let's take advantage of it. Let's draft these guys early and often. Let's do it. Let's build this offense for Justin Fields and support this guy. And then after the draft, it's like the conversation switched to, Oh, well, don't you not trust this front office to make the right picks? Like we need a defense too. You know, we need to develop the defense. And it's like, okay, obviously the defense is going to be important at some point in life, but the most important thing is Justin Fields and how this offense develops moving forward. So, you know, again, I like some of the players the bears got here. I'm not going to trash this, this drafts whatsoever. I'm giving it a B minus or a C plus here, depending on the day, the day it is. But again, I thought it was a solid draft overall and we'll just have to see how it plays out. I may be wrong on some of these picks. You know, you say and I, we're not obviously in, in the rooms for these NFL teams. We don't know how they're going to use these guys. So we could very well be wrong on some of these picks we made, but I think I'll, I'll stand by the work that I did for evaluating these players. You say we'll stand by the work that he did evaluating these players. 
we just hope that the Bears made the right decisions here and we'll see how it plays out and move forward. So with that, I think that's a good time to wrap it up here for grading this uh, Bears 2022 NFL draft. It was it, it was a heck of a weekend here, you say. There was a lot of action in the NFL draft. We have a ton of coverage coming up for recapping uh, this 2022 NFL draft as well. Uh, we're going to be covering um, the entire draft as a whole, some of the things that surprised us um, from uh, this draft weekend. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the other teams in the division to see how they did in the draft in her upcoming episodes. And we're going to be having some guests on as well to talk about some of the prospects that the bears drafted to get a little bit of more insight into what they could bring to the bears here as players. So I am really excited for what we have in store over the next few weeks, breaking down and recapping this draft. Um, make sure for all of our listeners out there to uh, follow us on social media, to like rate review, subscribe on every single podcasting platform that you listen to us at picture polls in the bear board here. Um, you said going to you actually make sure to follow us on Twitter at picture polls um, to get our updates there. And for you said uh, for you, man, uh, where can our listeners follow you on Twitter, on social media and find your work. Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Postal. You can read my work on the bear report rookie mini camps coming up. So I have some stories for you guys this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I got some stuff coming up here on the Bear Report to recap this draft as well. You can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to talk about this Bears draft class today, Bears fans. Uh, you know, if you have any thoughts on this Bears draft class that you agree with us or disagree with us, make sure to reach out to us on social media as well. Reach out to us uh, to our Twitter Twitter page uh, at Picks for Polls as well. Uh, we always appreciate having that constructive uh, debate and just going over our opinions here for you guys uh, for anything bears and football and draft related. So without a further ado, uh, thank you bears fans for tuning in today. And we'll be looking forward to speaking to you guys later about this NFL draft here and bear down bears fans, because it's going to be a lot of fun to recap this draft. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.